1: there you were. Jeff Calkins is
0: columnist of the Daily Memphis and also host of the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on 929 FM ESPN. He's on X, Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, happy Friday to you. And to you. Big weekend plans? Anything? Well, we've discussed the colonoscopy
2: prep. So that's, uh, that's the big weekend plan. That's Sunday. And uh, beyond that, uh, no, nothing in particular nothing in particular.
0: I am uh, hoping I, uh, the yeah. hoping the Ravens win with Tyler Huntley at quarterback so you you can you can actually watch the Bills Dolphins game. That's that's part of it. Yeah, I mean there's two shots. Which who which 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 is who's
2: who do you give a better chance to win? The Titans uh, beating Jacksonville and Derrick Henry's swan song, right? Like this is probably it for him. There've some speculated that it could be Mike Vrabel's Swan song in Nashville, uh, and so maybe they could rise up and smite down the Jacksonville Jaguars. That would be one. Or two, could uh, somehow the Ravens, with their backups, defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers? Which one do you give a greater chance of happening?
0: I'd say the Titans, but I, I'm not, I am not discounting the Ravens by the, in, at all. The Ravens? <laughs> Ravens? Tyler at Huntley? Home. Tyler Huntley can make things happen. He he was a maybe. fumble away from winning a playoff game last year, and a team that uh, against a team that went to the AFC Championship.
2: Maybe the Mason Rudolph magic will wear out, right? You know, maybe that will happen too. Well, that would be um, nice,
0: but that would be nice because that's a Saturday game, and you you wouldn't have to stress it all.
2: No, I I wouldn't have to I wouldn't have to stress at all.
0: And then you know, it's a, they're reasonably interesting
2: games. Obviously, the Texans and and Indianapolis is interesting Saturday. So that's a it's a you know you got Lakers Grizzlies tonight. And then you've got a, uh, and then you've got the, uh, the 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 interesting NFL games reasonably on Saturday, and then you've got Tiger Hoops on Sunday, colonoscopy prep, and the Bills. Uh, so really, it's going to be a it's going to be a extravaganza of a
0: weekend. Now, who are you rooting on to get the number two seed in the uh, NFC? Cowboys or Eagles, or Lions if they both lose. <laughs> Well, I'd say lions. For the lions. Yeah, I'm for the lions. So yeah. either of those squads. I don't.
2: I don't have. I. I, I I'm pretty much philosophically anti cowboy in all things, and so I <laughs> guess that's that's how I'd go. It is interesting, though. The cowboys have had such little success. I mean, meaningful success recently that they're they're a little easier to, they're a little harder to hate than they used to be. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to be hard to hate because not only were they the Cowboys, they were awesome. Right? And so it was easy to go to You either loved them, lots of people did. You saw lots of Emmett Smith jerseys once upon a time and Michael Irvin and all that. Um, but they haven't been that for a long time. And so it's been a little bit harder to, to generate much hate for them just because you knew they'd belly flop on their own. Um, and so. Um, I don't feel particularly strongly about that. The NFC team very clearly uh, that I will be pulling for is Detroit, honestly, just because I think people in Detroit deserve it um, for how long they've suffered.
0: And they're fun,
2: right? And yeah. They're fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. D- 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 Detroit is the way to go.
0: And it's naturally harder for me to root against the Cowboys now that Tony is the starting running back. I'll say that. That's been, that that's makes been sense? something
2: for me. How do you think he's been? Uh, this year. Yeah. I mean, just, like, not the year you expected him to have, no, right? so you, you I'll hope?
0: say this I think uh, way too much is being said about him not being a number one um, right. I think that you need somebody better than Rico Dowdle to be the guy he's sharing carries with um, I think they miss Zeke in that regard but I think he's been fine I mean he can create bigger plays than Zeke did the last few years um, I think most people go after him for not getting into the end zone. What was it a couple of weeks ago? Right. Um, but no, I think he's been fine. Um, there's some I things like that, that he that could work on. Like and Tony, I like the restaurant. I like. There's everything some about things he could work on, like in between yeah. the tackles, running, like he, uh, pass protection. He's gotten better at. There's some things he could work on, but I think he's been overwhelmingly fine. I don't. I don't see any big issue with him being the number one running back in in Dallas, as long as they find better. You know. Backfield mates for him, Rico Dowdle is not that guy.
2: Yeah, you really That's so, though if that's you don't judge someone on their back, backfield mates. Well, no,
0: but uh, but <laughs> right? let's but let's be completely <laughs> you know, I mean, honest. Outside of Derrick Henry and maybe Nick Chubb, who got hurt pretty substantially this year. What other running back in the league does not have somebody behind them who could make something happen for them when they have to come out of the game? And I, I like, for, like Christian McCaffrey has Elijah Mitchell who could be a starter elsewhere. Like I just, I, I feel like as a running me, back, you need you somebody to be able to come in and give you at least a little bit of a rest and a breather.
2: I want to be clear. I'm Team Tony Pollard. Right. I, uh, I like Tony Pollard. I like the family. Like the restaurant. Like the story. Left them at Memphis, et cetera. Having said that, you just asked me who does who does uh, who does James Cook have coming in to fill in with him?
0: They barely, you they don't use James Cook enough, quite frankly, in my opinion. <laughs> they had Latavius Murray for a while, and they were he's, running him too damn terrible. much, weren't they? He's
2: terrible. <laughs> I mean, yes, they have him because they quote unquote trust him, and they trust him. They hand the ball to him, and he does not get the first very reliably. When they have Josh Allen, who would get the first? So. Um, yeah, um so he doesn't uh, and and uh, and J- James Cook is a pro bowl running back this yeah. year and he does not have a reliable partner. They got, Were you as annoyed
0: football. with me early in the season when they were lo- using Latavius Murray like they were? That was so frustrating. They wouldn't give James Cook anything inside the five. They wouldn't give him any goal line carries. That was weird.
2: Well, it, honestly it wasn't just um <laughs> in in the past game there were there was a 3rd and 1 they, Latavius Murray gets the call you know he's not going to get the first down you know that's what's going to happen and the same and he also dropped on a third down he dropped a he dropped a, a, a wide open pass in the flat for a first down so people in buffalo are still frustrated with Latavius Murray the thing is and obviously this is how coaches operate you know he's he's much better at pass protection and, that, and yes. that's why that's why they use him he's a big strong guy he's better at pass protection but um, but and so it's it but pretty clearly since the um, coaching change they've relied much more on. It
0: but to, also to to uh, back to your point the, the bills the bills tried to bring in Damian Harris if it weren't for you know the injury early in the season they yeah. tried to bring in Damian Harris to be a second running back. I just outside of Derek Henry and Nick Chubb you just need a second guy who is worth assault and I don't know if the Cowboys have that. Right. But yeah, well uh, go Lions. Yes, uh, go Lance. Go, go Lance. Now, how about uh, Tigers last night? 78 75. Javon Quinterly's the hero with the only three ball they made in the second half. Um, everybody's going to, I mean, you could talk about them not having the energy in the second half, and uh, maybe the Caleb Mills thing uh, uh, came back to bite them a little bit. People will talk about the turnovers. I can't get over the fact that they had no chance at beating a 2-3 zone last night. That's something they're going to have to get fixed uh, immediately. Immediately, because I think Tulsa gave a lot of other teams in conference some film that is worth watching.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously the Caleb Mills injury is devastating. Um, It was, you know, to just sitting wherever you were, I'm sure any Tiger fan who saw it was, you know, it is a gut punch. You feel it almost physically. And then the scene of, of, you know, Penny carrying him, uh, you know, off the court, it's emotional. And, and I think you miss him as much as anything you miss him, you know, on the court, he is the proverbial glue guy. He's unselfish in a team that is sometimes at least by their own coach, been accused of selfishness. Um, So, but I don't particularly subscribe to the idea that the second half problems were because they were so emotionally devastated I'm, I'm by you. Caleb Mills, because the truth of the matter is, after he went down, they extended the lead, right uh, for a while, and then, as you point out, like is is was there emotional upset with the uh, Caleb Mills injury? Why they couldn't hit a three pointer or why they turned the ball over? No, it's it, honestly like yesterday morning before the game. Uh, on my show, I said, listen, I expect Memphis to win this and win handily. But if they struggle, it's partly because they turn the ball over too much. And Tulsa actually does turn people over. Um, and and it's because three-point shooting is a great equalizer, and you don't know what this team is going to be on a given night. They have had great sh- three-point shooting nights, but it's not reliable. And so um, – you know, and and that's exactly what happened. And I don't think any of that was because of the emotional fallout of the Caleb Mills injury. I think, it, you know, it. it we know this when you when 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 Tulsa hits nine three pointers in the second half, and it and until Quinterly hits one, you don't have a single one. Well, twenty seven zip in three pointing is a in three the three point category is a hell of an equalizer. And now they, you know. I, I think the, the thing that was, the, the to me, the, the silver lining last night, or we saw it again, was, hey, they got the win. But I do think Tomlin continues oh to gosh. demonstrate how good he's going to be, how good he is already. But then the two-game man, you know, with Nick Jourdain, I think there's a real possibility there. You saw some of that down the stretch. Uh, he's just, like, he is he, He's he's terrific. He's already clearly their best pro prospect. He's not... You know, lead, David Jones is going to be their leader. He's their second-best player right now. But he's their sure. second-best player right now. I mean, their three best players are very clearly David Jones, uh, Quinterly, and Tomlin are, there, are the, the three poles now of this team. And so, yes, it's really tough to lose Caleb Mills, and it's tough emotionally and from a human perspective and all of that. But I do think, like Tomlin, as good as he is, he's only going to get better.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's played a bad minute in a Tiger uniform. Right, Jeffrey made the point
2: that it feels like every minute that he's not on the court is a wasted minute. You know, like, I mean, obviously he has to take a breather right. now and again, but 100%, like 100%.
0: He's terrific. Kind of, kind of. And, and listen, I think DeAndre is a slightly different player. I don't think it's that different. <laughs> But I think it's it's sort of the DeAndre Williams factor to a certain extent. The activity he brings to the floor, that's why Jeffrey's saying it feels like a wasted minute because you can run things through him. He, he brings like crazy energy on the defensive end. Like, just he is an overwhelming plus player when he's out on the floor, like DeAndre was.
2: Yeah, it feels a little more in control than DeAndre, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe a, a little less inspirational <laughs> than DeAndre. Yeah, but, um, but also, let's
0: remember, it's three games into, this, three right. games into his career. Right, well, that's what I'm saying. He's just he's only going to get better.
2: Right. Like he's, he's only, like, he's, he's doing what he's doing. Another 17 last night, and he's just figuring this team out. So, I think, yeah. I mean, I, again, I, that was a troublesome night for all kinds of reasons last night. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then you come away, and you say, well, they got the win, and Tomlin's going to be terrific.
0: So and I think everybody's sort of on the same page with the Caleb Mills injury. It's Jalen Young and Jaden Hardaway trying to replace that production.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. I mean obviously Walton, you know, is 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 gonna be part of it. Um and but in terms of he already was part of it, he was starting already. Um and then yeah, Jaden Hardaway, I think. Um, you know, Young was good last night. He was, you know, he, in terms of, if you just look at plus minus, he, in 14 minutes, I think he was, I think he led the team and plus minus, I think he's a reliable guy. It'll be interesting to see if Ashton gets more minutes, you know, his minutes have gone up and down at various times and whatever, you know, who might emerge there, particularly if more shooting is needed. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a really tough injury, obviously for the kid, kid for the, yeah, for the man, yeah. um, but this team does have enough players, um, you know, that they can survive it. This is not David Vaughn going down once upon a time, famous, the famous Memphis injury that really devastated the season. Um, you know, uh, this is, it's, it, it's, it's lousy. It's lousy for yes. the team. It's certainly lousy for him personally, but it doesn't, and it shouldn't change the feeling of this team. And yeah. um, you're losing what you know, a guy who might be your fourth best player. And that's that's rough. But there's uh, there's enough there.
0: Now uh Grizzlies stretch of schedule coming up. Lakers, Suns, Mavs all on the road, then they come home for three more Clippers, Knicks, and Warriors. They'll have the back to back between the Clippers and the Knicks. I am looking at tonight's game with what's going on with the Lakers mm-hmm. on the heel on the heels of their great in season tournament championship. Yeah. Um and Darvin yeah, Ham, got- Like all the unrest there. And, the, you know, all these guys that, that Darvin Ham says need to be in the rotation, Gabe Vincent, Rui, those type of guys, um, D'Angelo Russell. I think we may look back at this game as probably the most gettable game of this next six-game stretch.
2: Well, it's interesting. How are the Lakers going to react to everything that's happened over the last few days, to all the drama, right? Is this a good time to be getting the Lakers, or is this a tough moment because – you can argue that they're going to come back, and like LeBron loves a story, right? And so, uh, this is a moment to show what they're made of, and and given all the criticism that Darvin Ham has taken, that that they're going to, you know, this is this is going to be a tough one for the Grizzlies to win. You can also argue that if the team is really out on Darvin Ham. You know, they're not, they may not rally around them. They may continue to pull the rug I'm outside. leaning that
0: way, Jeff. I have to say I'm leaning that way pretty substantially. Yeah. I've been really intrigued. I'm intrigued by what the Lakers' effort is going to look like.
2: I mean, let's be honest. They are, over their last 10, it's interesting you say that's the most gettable, because over their last 10 against the Lakers on the road, They are one and nine. I know. Anthony Davis Davis is a load, and it's been a particular disaster for the Grizzlies to handle. So it's interesting that that's the most gettable. I think maybe it's the most gettable if the Lakers want their head coach fired.
0: (laughs) Right? I think that... that But is there any doubt that they want their head coach fired? I don't know if there's any particular doubt. I don't think Darvin... I think his days are numbered.
2: It's a rough business, man. <laughs> Isn't it? And with, <laughs> with LeBron, business. how
0: many times have we seen this with LeBron coaches too? Midseason, right.
2: just recently he was the toast of the town. Just this, you know, just last year in the playoffs, yep. and uh, and now, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, if they're if they're if they're out to get their head coach fired, then this then this becomes very gettable. Um, if not, I think it's a tough one for the Grizzlies, just because you know, I mean, just you know, we we we've we've seen this matchup uh before with Anthony Davis and LeBron and that was, you know, that did not go well for the Grizzlies. So, I don't know what the line is, but, four, but I, four I think right so now. much of this hinges on on the Lakers' mindset and approach to this game given the given the drama that we have witnessed over the last two days.
0: And then last night Wimby versus Giannis, that was Ooh. uh that was special. That was very special to uh Sit by and watch Wimby in twenty six minutes because of that. In my opinion, stupid minutes restriction. Twenty seven points, nine rebounds, five blocks, of steal. The behind the back throw down when uh, uh, where he got the and one is just like that. I can't get over that. They had a off the backboard throw off the backboard dunk. That was that was special. That was very special.
2: Yeah. I mean, the guy is going I, to. It, it is hard not to think that he is going to be the kind of player, and they're, they come along once every 10 years, right? That wins multiple championships. It just feels like that. Like the Grizzlies have some really good young players, right? But it feels like Wemby is like the kind of player who comes around who's just different. And was going to win three, four titles at some point once they figured this out. I thought, I mean, the, 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 the dunk off the backboard was impressive particularly because it wasn't for show. It was really the, it was the way he could score, right? right? Like it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was not, it was not, you know, mustard. It was just like, it was the way, but I still think um, that the, You know, coast-to-coast, a guy who's 7'4", coast-to-coast, going behind his back.
0: Mm. Like, that's
2: insane. (laughs) That's that's, that's insanity. And finish, the and one. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was, I thought of the two, I thought that one was even more surreal when you figure out, when you realize it's a 7'4 dude doing this
0: now i'm not a attacker. I mean, I think it's kind of annoying at times, but the minutes restriction and the load management stuff that they've done with his minutes restriction i I find it weird I find it weird, and like people will say, okay well you're robbing the, the entertainment value i don't I don't subscribe to that i don't care. I think you're robbing him. I think you're robbing Victor Wimbinyama of trying to play some extended minutes and get him some run that he will get throughout his career and I know they're a five win team but i don't get why he has to be held under 30 minutes every night. I he's he's what, 19, 20 years old? Doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, i don't feel strong about it and the reason is uh twofold. Um, i actually do think like if there is one thing that can hold back Victor Wembanyama, it's injury. And there's just not a lot of history over 7-4 players playing in the NBA. So and 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 so I'm, i i can't tell you what the what they think the science is or what they think, what, you know, that what they're indicate, what they, but here's the, to me, it all comes down to, yes, if it is in the season when you're competing for the playoffs, whatever, but who cares? Like I, 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 who cares? If you are maybe protecting his long-term future and here's the key, you don't want to win this year anyway right? Like they're not trying to make the playoffs. They're not even trying to win games. They're just trying to get, get through this year, get him some run and get a piece to put next to him. That's their whole goal for this year. So whether he plays, you know, however many, it doesn't matter. Like, so, so I don't think you, you might be extending his career. I can't weigh in on that. They obviously think they are. They're being careful with his career, respectful of his career, and what they are doing, because there will come a time when he's going to be playing, you know, thirty-eight minutes a game. And in the meantime, it just doesn't matter. Now, maybe that's disrespectful to the fans or whatever to to say that. But it's just true. It doesn't matter if I have five wins, six wins, four
0: wins. Who cares? You but know. I, I mean, I would also argue that I don't know if the the, the, the whole load management conversation. How much has it matter? We've had a lot of injuries that have plagued us in the in the. I, in the regular season and postseason, it doesn't seems like seem like it's working that well. Now maybe I, I over did. the long haul it is, but season to season, game to game, it doesn't seem like it's it's done. It's made that big of a difference. Uh, that's not it.
2: Like it's funny. Like this is a topic where you, where you get people like say these pitchers who don't pitch. You know nine. They used to pitch <laughs> nine innings and rub dirt on their arm and they could right. run up, you know whatever. I I, I have no. I, there, there's no way for me to weigh in on that intelligently because right. I don't have – really, that's data. That's data and it's whatever, and I don't have the data in front of me. So anecdotally, I can say, yes, yeah, sure, it seems like there's a lot of injuries. They also didn't always play this many, you know, this 82 games. They didn't play, like, whatever. Like, I don't – the truth of the matter is I don't know. I, I, I don't right. know the answer to that. Oh, I, I do know that it doesn't matter if they win or lose.
0: All right. Now, last thing for you before I let you go for the weekend. Um, I'm a few days late on this. Um, but I do want to get you. I want. I want you to shoot off a take here. Aaron Rodgers okay. with the Jimmy Kimmel thing, and then now we have uh, uh, Pat McAfee basically oh. saying people within ESPN are sabotaging him and putting out bad ratings on his behalf. But for those that don't know, um, Aaron Rodgers basically um, made mention of uh, Jimmy Kimmel not wanting the Epstein list to come out and sort of, sort of put it, put it out there as if and and made us all believe that he may be on it. I, I, the Aaron Rodgers thing, it's not cute. It's just so, it's not cute anymore. And I don't know if it's been, it, it hasn't well, been cute for a yeah. while, but that that's the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. Today
2: was interesting because you don't often, and you wonder like what's going to happen with Pat McAfee and, 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 and ESPN slash Disney because you don't often have a guy going, opening his show by taking a shot at an ESPN yeah, the network executive is on. for some like like that, you wonder like is that just like is it is this sort of the pro wrestling move of you know is this a way to rally people around you? I'm standing up to the man," says Pat McAfee. Um, so it was, or is this, is this meaning it's going to come crashing down to an end pretty soon? Um, Aaron Rodgers is a tinfoil hat dude. He just is. He, every conspiracy theory, he's like your uncle who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, that he's a deeper thinker than everybody else, and he knows something, right? And and so he knew that Jimmy Kimmel was going to be on this list, because <laughs> in the same way, he knew, you know, whatever, whether whether the topic is vaccines or his, uh, his top secret uh, better way to recover from a Torn, you know, torn Achilles. He, <laughs> he, he, he's exactly like the loudmouth on Facebook who thinks he yep. knows everything and is smarter than everybody. And and the shameful thing is, is that Pat McAfee gives him a platform and doesn't and then, check him too. He, That's frustrating. And, and then, well, then, and then, honestly, I thought what was particularly weak was um, the next day he just, hey, we're just talking ass. Well, no. If, if if you say something basically alleging that someone is a pedophile, that is not just talking S, right? And saying, hey, it's like, bros are bros, man. We're just talking S. <laughs> you know, no, you just alleged he was a pedophile. That was the implication. That is not talking S. What you do in that circumstance is, and we were talking about this earlier, it's the same thing with Chandler Parsons' ripping jaw. When you realize you're wrong... What you do is you apologize and you say that was wrong. It was irresponsible to have Aaron Rodgers tin, conspiracy tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theory alleged that Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile. That was wrong, and I apologize for my role in it. And that's not really what he said. What he said was, "Ah, we just have fun here, man. We're, you know, I have very, I have no respect for either of them." Um, they're obviously, you know, inc- respect for Aaron Rodgers' arm, but not his brain. And, um, and I think Pat McAfee is great at what he does. He's probably better as a YouTube video star because I don't think sort of network television is going to be the place for him over the long haul. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. Well, Jeff, appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X. Daily Memphian columnist, also nine to eleven with the Jeff Calkins show, right here, 92.9 two nine FM, ESPN, every single weekday. Now, Oxbow, family owned and operated retail store that has been around in Memphis for over a decade. And get over there, nine six four June Road, off Poplar, on June Road, behind the Amico Station. If you're a man out there, or even if you're even if you're a lady, they have good vintage <laughs> uh, vintage tees, vintage uh, uh, sweatshirts hoodies, whole nine yards for all the teams in town. You get Grizzlies, Tigers, Redbirds, whatever you want they have over at 964 June Road, Oxbow, off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. When you go in, they, you're met with a friendly, kind, caring staff. They'll point you in the direction of whatever you want. You could get some vintage vinyl. You can get sports memorabilia, hunting and outdoor essentials. They have uh, cups, tumblers. They have uh, uh, your game day gear, not just with, with the clothing. They have uh, uh, different things that you could go buy um, and I mentioned the cups and tumblers, um, so make sure you get in there. I hope you took advantage during the holiday season because there's so much in there that is for the taking um, at that uh, beautiful storefront, 964 June Road, off Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. As far as uh, uh, brands are concerned, they have Genteel, Free Fly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizden and Maine, everything you could possibly want. Then, if you don't want to show up in, in store, I know people do the online shopping, go to Shop Oxbow. Dot com And at shopoxpo.com, they carry just about everything that they do in store. And when you go to check out, you can get a 20% discount when you use my promo code, The Gabe Show. All caps, no spaces, The Gabe Show for 20% off your online order at shopoxpo.com. But whether you're in store or online, shop local, shop oxbo Now, we've already done the NFL and week 18, playoff scenarios, seating scenarios. Now it's time to see what you can bet because it is incentive week and we know that guys like to meet their incentives so they can get bonuses so we'll talk about those when we return with a trip around the national football league guests appear on the smile center hotline now back to the gabe coon show live from the service master by cornerstone studios on 92.9 fm espn It's an incentive-laden edition of a trip around the National Football League brought to you by Longshot. The Baltimore Ravens. Now, this one kind of it kind of stinks. As Odell Beckham Jr. We had high hopes for him coming into the year, and he has a couple of things he's going to leave on the table because he's been officially ruled out for Week 18. But if he would have had five receptions, $250,000, two touchdowns, $250,000, if he would have – and he has not reached these heights – but 185 receiving yards, he would have got $750,000. So if he was playing and he had a chance to reach all these – He could be somewhere around $1.25 million. Um, But I think the one you need to pay attention to is Nelson Aguilar, our favorite guy, Nelson Aguilar. If he has 58 receiving yards, he gets to $250,000 in in an incentive. He has 10 catches, which I think is highly unlikely with Tyler Huntley playing quarterback. They're going to run the ball a whole lot, keep it on the ground, try to pace the game. He can get $250,000. But those 58 receiving yards, he could get that in one catch. He's a deep threat guy. He always has been, so pay attention to that one, and let's go ahead and move on. The Buffalo Bills. This is pretty good for Devin Singletary, who's been pretty pretty solid for the Texans all year. I think he will get these. 50% of offensive snaps. He's currently at 52%, $125,000. 55%, if he can reach that, I, I don't know how possible that's going to be, but $125,000. And then 165 rushing yards, $125,000. I don't know if I'm buying that. He has gotten, so he's had some good uh, rushing turnouts this year. So, if you believe in going the over-rushing yards with Devin Singletary, go ahead. This game will mean something to them, theoretically. So, uh, Devin Singletary has a nice chance to make something happen. The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, he has a max incentive of, get this, $1.5 million. And these are very attainable. I think he gets his one point five million dollar check. And tell me if you tell me if you agree. Tell me if you agree. Maybe the second one is a little is a little sketchy. But seven receptions, seven receptions this weekend against the Jaguars. I think it's quite possible. He'll get targeted a lot. He'll probably get double digit targets in this game. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars, two touchdowns. Not impossible, but I don't know how likely that's going to be that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but this is the obvious one where you take the over. You take the over with that receiving total because they're just going to try to attack him. Forty-nine receiving yards is a million dollars. If he has forty-nine more receiving yards, he gets a million dollars on his incentives. We saying yes? Do we get a ding for that one? Is that is that a check
1: mark? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think we go over for that well, one, especially when you're. A team that is just out of the play. I would look at him and be like, "You're throwing me the ball, and I'm getting that that yards."
0: Yes. Now, I have, now this final one. I, I need to go. You go ahead and hit it, Connor. The Detroit Lions. This is a lock. Absolute positive lock on a million different levels. Josh Reynolds. His over to get to his two hundred and fifty thousand dollar incentive. He needs thirty six receiving yards. Who's his coach? Probably the biggest players coach in the National Football League right now, Dan Campbell. They are going to let him get to his number. Bet the over on Josh Reynolds receiving yards. Thank me later. I just, I, I don't see any other way. They're going to let him get that $250,000.
1: Dan Campbell seems like the type of coach that will pause like – a video session to be like listen this weekend <laughs> yes. we're throwing him the ball as many <laughs> times as possible and then we'll worry about the rest of the game <laughs> and then and then also like Josh Reynolds is a guy who's stuck with the Lions through
0: thick and thin and he's I know He's the Dan, type
1: of guy Dan will die
0: for Exactly he's he's he is he is that guy like Craig Reynolds that running back they've had for years he is the guy that Dan Campbell will go out of his way for bet the over on Josh Reynolds receiving yards now the final one I want to bring up and I didn't really, I don't need an intro for this one, but Gardner Minshew, because he's going to get it, he's the luckiest man on the face of the planet right now. You want to know why? He stands to gain the most out of this weekend, and he's already basically gained it. He will He will basically check, check it off. $2 million to play 65% of the team snaps. He's at 86% right now. Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy. We're going to be talking about him like Case Keenum in, in, in 5 to 10 years. That's the guy. He's going to stick around the NFL forever. He's a new fits. I mean, he's that guy. He's a good placeholder. Um, you don't expect a lot from him, but if your first guy goes down, he's a good guy to have in there. And he, he plays relatively well, although he did give that concussion ball to Michael Pittman Jr. a couple weeks ago that I'm not happy about. But he gets $2 million. I mean, he, he probably doesn't even have to suit up. He'll get $2 million.
1: He just kneels it every time. Good for
0: him, man. <laughs> to, good for so Gardner Minshew.
1: Good for him. Good for him.
0: And he'll stick around. He will stick around for a long time. I think the Colts ought to think about signing him back again.
1: His whole play this season, though, to your early season point about you don't need to be playing Anthony Richardson every single game. It kind of came true, didn't it? It came to fruition in the worst possible way, but also the most obvious one. Yes. Like, oh, you mean the guy that needs to run mostly got hurt in his fourth game? No way. Yeah.
0: Now, I know it's Friday and a lot of people visit their local liquor, liquor store on Friday and they try to find a bottle. So... I know how tempting it is. You you have grabbed for that national brand for years. I get it. I completely understand. But you have to know one thing. There is whatever that bottle contains. There's a local distillery that we have that does that bottle better and it's fresher. It's Old Dominic. Grab a bottle of Old Dominic. They have, whether you're a gin lover, you can get gin from Old Dominic. You can get vodka from Old Dominic. If you're a toddy person, we're in the winter months. You can get some toddy from them. They have whiskey. They have four separate bottles of bourbon that you can go get. Cask, Strang, Bottled and Bomb, the regular OG version, Make sure you grab a bottle of Old Dominic. Don't reach for that national brand. It's the most fresh, most full spirit you can buy in the city, and the distillery is right here. That's why it's so fresh and so full. It's right on the riverfront, 305 South Front Street. They have events all the time. You can join for a tour and tasting. Go to olddominic.com to check all of that out. But regardless, it is Old Dominic Distillery. They want you to come by and say hi. Now, that will do it for our trip around the National Football League. It's time to go ahead and hop into Small Talk, and there's a lot of directions we could go. Stick around. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now. It's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And Small Talk is brought to you by Conway Services, reputable service available seven days a week. Now, I woke up um, and uh, read a story about a Bass Pro Shop in Alabama. Did you see this one, Connor? I did see this one. And uh, WREG News Channel Three put out a tweet, and they said, "And I this is I just read the headline, and I did see the video later. It got sent to me. I wish it didn't, but it did." Naked man arrested after doing cannonball in Bass Pro Shop tank in Alabama. There's gar and there's fish and stuff <laughs> like swimming through that thing, and this guy got naked and did a cannonball into it. When the cops and the security tried to come after him, he <laughs> he climbed out of the front of the enclosure. And fell like eight feet. He like hit his head. I don't know. I think he might be may, might, might be in the hospital. Looked like he got knocked out. But this video is one of the most insane things you'll see in your life. And I was just glad it didn't happen at our Bass Pro.
1: Well, that, that, that was my first reaction. This is actually what I'm going to say here. If you're going to jump naked in a Bass Pro pond or whatever b- tank, you do it at the pyramid one. You do it at the main <laughs> one, right? Why? Because that's, that, that feels like the place. If you're in Alabama, you're close enough. Make the drive. You're crazy already. It's not like you're wasting time. If you're going to do it, go big. He needed to do it in the, in the Memphis Bass Pro. No, and there's always the question the of, like, what, what,
0: what brings people to do things like this? Like, what? Mostly drugs. Okay. I'd imagine drugs were involved. Probably. Heavy drugs. Heavy drugs. Yes. So, that man, I don't know where he's at right now. Funny video. Graphic video. Ste- steer clear of it if your kids are around, but good God. Jumped cannonball naked in with the The gar could get him right like all the all the fish could probably swim up and how was the splash it was, was it, it, you know good I'd, pro- I'd probably rate it a seven out of ten because he did tuck the knees he tucked the knees pretty good good form uh, yeah it was good form on the cannonball
1: stuck the landing yes yes well the first landing <laughs> the second landing he did not he did stick. not stick
0: no one could stick that landing it's like an eight foot drop Simone Biles could yeah but that's That's superhuman. That's superhuman stuff. Now, um, I saw this earlier in the week, and I just, I can't get over this. Lululemon, and I bought a lot of Lululemon. I'm going to probably have to stop buying a bunch of Lululemon um, going forward. But their founder... He's a billionaire. He's, his net worth is ten billion dollars, and he started uh, Lululemon in nineteen ninety seven. And we know how successful he is. For God's sake,s when I through the holidays, when I was buying all the Lululemon for the ladies in my family, it's like one hundred and thirty five dollars for a pair of leggings. Like that's ridiculous to me. I bought beanies and all these different things. The beanies were like forty two dollars. Like it's it's over it's overpriced. But Lululemon this year and last year, I should say, they have tried to make an effort to improve the company's diversity and inclusion efforts. More body sizes, more body shapes, um, you know, different ethnic uh, groups they try to hire. And he came out as the founder of Lululemon. Chip Wilson is his name. He said, quote, you've got to be clear that you don't want certain customers coming in. And he slammed the efforts for diversity and inclusion for Lululemon. And I, I, this shouldn't be surprising because there's a lot of things that have come out. Like in 1997, when he first did the whole thing, they asked about the, the yoga pants. And he's like, I'm trying to make women's butts look good. Like, it's ridiculous. And he's had a bunch of fatphobic statements in the past, xenophobic statements, racist statements in the past. It's not surprising. But in the end of the day, I, this is my takeaway. I hope it makes me buy less Lululemon because it is ridiculous. It is a, it, I, I know I have some stuff by Lululemon as well, but I can't understand this being your take on diversity and inclusion in 2024. Going it, into 2024. It's the worst thing you could have said. Yeah. The most incorrect. Yes. <laughs> he said, we don't want to be like Gap. We want, we want Gap to make awesome. sure. How dare you? We've got to be clear that you don't want certain customers coming in. And it kind of makes sense, though, because when you do go into a Lululemon store, they do not make big sizes. Like, I, they don't have shirts for me in there. Let's just say that. And even when they do have, like, a 2X in there, it does not fit me. Different type of 2X. Yes, it's a different type of 2 it's more. It's that European 2X, if you
1: will. Well, I will continue boycotting Lululemon, L- Lululemon because I have never bought a 135-pound. Hey,
0: happily, I will.
1: If somebody <laughs> tells me that I have to boycott Lululemon, I will
0: do it. Done. I, I, yeah. I have no issue with that. Easy. I'll but, go to Oxbow. Um, I'd, I'd, yeah, yeah, go to Oxbow. I would imagine that this is going to lead him...
1: Out of being the founder, right? Or being, being the owner at this
0: moment. Yeah. Like, they're going to have Very to find odd. somebody else. It's,
1: it's just—it's the most incorrect thing you could have possibly said. I mean, I mean, he's kind of doing the
0: maybe without saying the the, the a bad word. He's doing sort of the Papa John thing, isn't he? Somewhat. Like, let's be honest. That's what this is going to lead to: is him being out, so and you're, somebody you're, else you're, taking
1: over. You're saying that Shack needs to save. Yes, somebody needs yes.
0: to step in. And 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 be a be the new founding father, founding mother of uh, Lululemon. They need to save the brand. If that's if, if, if this is if this is his attitude toward his brand that he's made t- profited t- ten billion off of, then you need a new voice. You need somebody else to take over the reins of that whole thing. Yeah, of the entire operation. But Chip Wilson is a hole of the a hole of the year already, and it's <laughs> only five days into twenty twenty four. So. Uh, Good for him, bad for him, I don't know, whatever. Um, But we have one hour left in the show, and we're going to spend it wisely, and one hour left in the week as well. We'll get to the Blitz around 6.30. We'll rewind this whole thing around uh, 6.50 when we get out. Um, But coming up next, we have to talk some Tiger basketball, and I think there's no better person to do that with than Parth Upadhyay, the Memphis basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian